Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Hi, Phil here. Just before we hear from today's guest, a quick reminder that from next week, the show changes to a three episodes a week schedule. So every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, you'll get to hear new episodes. There's also the launch of a new IT Career Energizer community on Facebook. So do check that out as well. There's a couple of further updates, which I'll be telling you about at the end of today's episode. So please keep listening till the end of today's show. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy today's episode, which is coming up right now. Welcome to episode 81 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Michael Bolton. Michael is a consulting software tester and testing teacher who helps people to solve testing problems that they didn't realize they could solve. He is also the co-author of Rapid Software Testing, a methodology and mindset for testing software expertly and credibly in uncertain conditions and under extreme time pressure. Michael has 25 years of testing experience, developing, managing, and writing about software. And for almost 20 years, he has led DevelopSense, a Toronto-based testing and development consultancy. So, Michael, can you expand on that brief introduction and tell us a little bit more about yourself? No, it, it sounds like you nailed it. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, I could tell you that uh, uh, I'm uh, in a perpetual state of dissatisfaction with uh, the state of uh, uh, software and the state of testing. Um, I'm always frustrated with software. Um, and that's a, a sounds kind of misanthropic or uh, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, it it kind of sounds like a bleak view on the word I get, on the world. Um, but um, uh, I was reading something nice from Alan Cooper today, who who suggested that every bit of improvement uh, in the world and in the way things happen starts with. Grumpiness starts with dissatisfaction with the yeah. state of things. So um, uh, I, I try to be cheerful and uh, uh, friendly uh, to, uh, to people, sometimes unsuccessfully, but um, uh, that's all rooted in a, a, a desire to try and make things better for people. Uh, and for a software tester, that starts with a focus on problems that threaten the value of the product and yeah. on helping people to recognize uh, those problems and, and to recognize the, uh, the threats that they have to value, the, the risk to uh, the business. So that, that's uh, the direction I'm coming from. I'm, I'm uh, a, a critic, uh, but yeah. to be a good critic, you also have to be aware of the value of things uh, as well. So that that's something I'm, I'm, always trying to work on, trying to see the value in things and, and how uh, value could be improved, how life could be better for people. Yeah. So, Michael, can you share maybe a unique career tip that the IT Career Energizer audience needs to know and perhaps don't? Uh, a unique career tip. That's a challenge because <laughs> uh, there's 
uh, lots of good advice out there. Um, let me suggest this, that uh, a really important dimension of your career is your reputation. And your reputation means a lot. Your reputation is, uh, my, my colleague James Bach suggested to me that your, your reputation is the only thing, uh, practically, uh, that um, it's important to have a reputation for, uh, for excellence, for good work, for competency, um, for uh, uh, ethics. And uh, you develop that, I think, by uh, putting yourself out there, by working with other people, uh, by talking to people, uh, by uh, taking a, a risk, getting out on the tightrope and presenting your thoughts and your feelings and your experiences to other people. I, I try to do that. And uh, that has uh, served me well. Um, and that's also, I must point out that that's hard for uh, some people, that uh, lots of people seem to be reticent to... Uh, expose themselves uh, to uh, acknowledge their their experiences, and then because a lot of those experiences involve failings of various kinds, or, yeah. or uh, bad things as well as good things, um, kind of depressing things as well as exciting things. So, um, but you you get over that. Um, a lot of people have a fear of speaking in public, um, but you know it, it's not going to kill you, and it's not going to give you an electric shock. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, I think it's important to, uh, uh, to be able to do that so that people receive the benefit of your experience and your perspective and your point of view. That's how we come to a better world. We get to that by, uh, uh, by explaining our experience to each other. Yeah. So Michael, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? My worst career IT moment? Oh, that's interesting because uh, when I, I glanced over the um, uh, uh, the prospectus for the interview, it, it referred to the best. But that's a much more fun and interesting <laughs> question to me. Well, that one might be coming up in a minute, but we'll start with the. <laughs> <laughs> I guess my best exp uh, IT moment was when I, I recognized the uh, implications of my worst one. Long time ago, I was a program manager for a company named Quarterdeck. We made memory management software and multitasking software for regular DOS PCs way back in the days of ancient history, before I had any gray in the, before I had a beard at all, in <laughs> fact, and when I still had hair. Um, in those days, uh, one of our products was uh, a product that uh, was intended to help people uh, get more out of the memory on their machine. It improved the performance of the machine. And uh, we found that it didn't work as well as we hoped. It simply uh, did not provide the benefits that uh, we hoped and intended for, the, for it to provide. And here's the big mistake I made, along with a, a bunch of other people on the project, the big mistake I made was looking for circumstances in which the product would work successfully. Yep. Rather than as a program manager, recognizing, okay, we've got a problem here. Uh, we've got to uh, 
look at this technology. Uh, I need the developers to uh, look at why the product is not producing its uh, intended benefits. And I was very lucky to have as a development uh, head for that organization, for that company, um, a fellow named uh, uh, Larry Mayer, who uh, remains a uh, distant in geography, but uh, a close in the heart kind of friend. Uh, Larry pointed out that uh, only by examining what the product is actually doing and uh, looking at where it's slow and how it's slow, uh, can we get around that problem entirely, or at least uh, 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 to the greatest degree we can? We've got to look at why the product isn't doing what we hoped it's doing, rather than looking for circumstances where we can show it's doing something useful. That was a really great moment. In retrospect, it took some time to, to digest it. Because what it made me realize is that a focus on the problem rather than a focus on success is the path to success. We become successful by recognizing things that we have to fix, yep. things that we have to get better at, things that we uh, uh, are not as good as they could be and they could be better. Now, the product itself, for a variety of reasons, uh, was always going to be limited, uh, it, it would have its best effects in the places where it was needed least, kind of, um, for various kinds of uh, uh, reasons that we won't get into here, it, it, except to give you an analogy, um, it's easier to uh, make money when you've already got plenty of money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody said one time, at, at, at turning uh, $1 into... Uh, uh, $2 is practically impossible, but turning a, a million dollars into $2 million is practically inevitable. <laughs> um, so it, it, it was kind of like that. that uh, the product had uh, uh, a rough road to hoe in that respect, but it did get better. It did get better. Fortunately, that, unfortunately, rather, that product was uh, demolished by a competitive product that actually did nothing. Hey. And that blew out the uh, um, uh, blew out the category, blew out the legitimacy of the category because its failure was so profound and so public. Um, fortunately, we had other products to, uh, or other dimensions of our product, other products to uh, uh, to lean on. But uh, uh, that was a that was a, a sobering moment and one that really refocused my attention on testing and, and awareness of the product and, and problems right. in it. Okay. So, so moving away from your worst IT career moment, maybe you can tell us about your IT career highlight. Gee, that's, uh, that's a hard question um, because uh, they're all little things. None of them strikes me as a particularly big thing. The, work that I've done that I was proudest of, actually in a couple of cases, uh, were the cases in which I managed to develop what I felt to be a, a really comprehensive understanding of the product, um, where I examined the product 
and experimented with it and explored it deeply and where uh, I applied tools to do that, where I, I felt like I really had a, a, a handle on the, the, the products in question when that happened. Um, every one of those times, uh, there was a, an element of, of deep satisfaction uh, investigating a bug and, and finding out why that bug was happening. Um, uh, developing a, an understanding of the risks in the product so that the uh, people who are managing the product could decide whether uh, the problems in the product were so bad that they had to be fixed or good enough that we could live with them. That, uh, that to me is the most satisfying uh, aspect of something because it always involves learning. It always involves uh, loops of, of uh, investigation and, and discovery and learning, which feeds back into more exploration and more experimentation. And that feeds into more investigation and discovering and, and learning. And that's, that's really rewarding and really fun. So the, it's hard for me to identify a specific one. There's a whole basket of them and, and, they right. uh, mostly involve project work. Um, and when it, whenever a, um, uh, a, a development manager, a program manager, a business person came to me and said, wow, this is uh, a really important bug or, or wow, this is a really, uh, um, really well-developed investigation of uh, this particular problem or, or wow, it, we feel we feel good about what we know about the product. Uh, we might feel bad about the problems in it, but we can work on those. But uh, uh, when somebody can say to me, "We've, uh, you've really helped us understand something uh, about this product," that's okay. that's the um, best so feeling for me. Looking forward in terms of the IT industry, are there any areas um, of of IT and careers in IT that particularly excite you? Um, because uh, that's that's a question that has a lot of uh, different angles to it. Shall I reframe the question, maybe? Sure. Yeah. So, go ahead. What excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? What excites me is one thing. What scares me is another. And I guess they're they're sort of intertwined. They're intertwingled with each other. Um, I'm a a bit of a pessimist. I'm, I'm cautious. I don't want to seem like a Luddite. Uh, what I would like to see is I would like to see the application of a little bit more skepticism and uh, a little bit more nuance in our enthusiasm for new technologies. We've seen over the last several years that all of these exciting things that purportedly bring us closer together yep. have the potential of driving us apart. Uh, we've seen how every uh, uh, every new medium, as McLuhan would say it, has within it the seeds of reversal into the opposite of its original or intended effect. And that, I hope, is that we can develop an increasing recognition of that, that we can be a little bit more sober, a little bit more reflective in our embrace of, of new technologies uh like <laughs> like getting into a, a new relationship uh it's uh it's wonderful to to you know fall in love with somebody 
But it's also very important to be aware of uh, the potential for problems and, and to prepare yourself to address those problems. Because in any good relationship, uh, that's something that we all have to deal with, that, that there's going to be problems, there's going to be controversy, uh, there are going to be things upon which we disagree. And it's really crucial, it seems to me, to, uh, uh, to be alert towards the possibility of those things and, and to prepare for them, not to reject technologies, but to be cautious. Yep. yep. Okay, we're going to move into the reveal round now. Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, rapid fire. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Uh, <laughs> um, I slid into it. Um, what attracted me was uh, uh, immediate and uh, at least temporarily steady work um, before this uh, this strange career. Um, I was in uh, theater. I was a stage manager for a kid's theater company, and I, I worked in theater. Um, and uh, yeah. that situation is kind of unstable um, as a, an independent. Uh, of course... Then I got into a, a, a longer term. I, I took a, a sort of longish term temporary position. And then that turned into a more or less full-time job. And then I jumped from that company into another company that was a full-time job. And then after eight years of that, <laughs> I became an independent consultant again uh, towards, uh, uh, you know, instability all of a sudden came, uh, came back into the thing. But with... Um, with more, um, with more skills and, yep. and more uh, value under the belt. So that's one dimension of it. Another dimension of uh, uh, what attracted me to it was the, uh, uh, the continuous learning about stuff, the, the fascination with uh, tools and the way these machines can uh, uh, do these fascinating things and uh, figuring out how these machines work and, and what makes them not work and, the uh, the obstacles to that it was just I just found it really interesting to see how little tiny decisions on little tiny pieces of data yes. uh, can allow us to see video or uh, be interviewed over long distances or uh, uh, create yep. uh, beautiful and amazing things and provide useful services to people um, so that that underpins the whole thing. So, what is the best career advice you've ever received? Uh, again, that's a, a huge, uh, a question. It, it's hard to pick it out. Um, the best career, one of the best pieces of career advice, uh, I ever received, uh, was, uh, on structuring my CV, um, and realizing that my, uh, CV was, uh, a document that, uh, let me go back on that. Let okay. me go back on that. From a much older, he was probably younger than I am now, <laughs> and much wiser uh, director of development, I got the advice that when you write a CV, the CV must be focused on solving the problem for the hiring manager, not on uh, talking about the places where you've worked. 
uh, for a long time, that was really beneficial advice. Um, that uh, my CV, in my experience, turned out to be fairly devastatingly effective because it was targeted towards the problem that the hiring manager had to solve, the twin problems that the hiring manager yeah. had to solve, which was to find somebody quickly who could solve the problem that the hiring manager had on the ground that he needed somebody to help him or her solve. And to some degree, uh, that's, that influences everything that I do. That influences all my work because when I write something, uh, part of what I'm addressing my writing towards is, uh, well, what, problem is the, the reader trying to solve. When I'm, uh, somebody hires me as a consultant, I try to focus on, well, what is the problem that the uh, person hiring me is, is trying to address? And it's startling how often people bring something else into that uh, that is not focused on the problem that, the, uh, that your client is uh, trying to solve. So that turned out to be a good general piece of advice, not just for CVs, but uh, towards one's whole approach to work. Indeed, yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Uh, if I had to begin my IT career again right now, what would I do? I'm not sure I would do a whole bunch different. In fact, um, I would... Uh, uh, Focus on doing the work, getting the um, getting the experiences that uh, uh, that I got. I would focus on diversity. Yeah. Um, I would try to uh, make sure that I got work in a number of places, or as I actually did, working on a number of things in the same place. If I were staying in the same place, um, that has served me very well. The the fact that I've been a uh, technical support person. Uh, I've been a, a data entry clerk. I've been a program manager for a, a very valuable product. Uh, I've been a developer. I've been a, a, a documenter, uh, sometimes of my own products, sometimes of other people's products. Um, all the way along, those uh, specific tasks have helped me to develop generalizable skills that uh, can be applied uh, pretty much anywhere I go or that can influence uh, uh, the places I go and the things I do. And that that's very helpful. So, it, I'm not sure I'd do it differently. Uh, I would continue to focus on diversifying my skills and my tactics and my approaches. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Um, I'm currently focusing on uh, trying to develop my reach. Um, at this point, I am actively trying to figure out how to connect with uh, clients such that I can be more helpful to more people. My current role is as a, a, a testing consultant, I want to continue to help testers. I'm now beginning to believe that the best way that I can do that is to help managers, to help IT managers, uh, to help development managers, to help product managers and program managers, uh, to help test managers, of course. Um, and 
I want to figure out how to reach those people. Um, this uh, interview, in a sense, is is one way of doing that. Uh, yeah. Getting my uh, my shingle out there. So um, I'm trying to uh, uh, figure out how to uh, broaden my reach and, and broaden my um, uh, broaden my profile, so that the people that I can help uh, are aware that uh, I can help them. I, I can. Yeah put that offer out there. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? The number one non-technical skill. I suspect that the number one non-technical skill has been, uh, at least to some degree, uh, public speaking. Uh, and writing. Yeah. So let me let, let me address that. You know, it, people talk about excellent communication skills. Um, being able to structure a good piece of writing, being able to structure a talk, uh, being able to organize material uh, so that I can get an idea across. That's an ongoing uh, process, but it started with uh, a history teacher back in 10th grade who uh, taught me how to write uh, a, a historical interpretive essay. Um, and that has influenced uh, writing and speaking and uh, 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 presentations and so on uh, all the way along. Uh, now, <laughs> where I uh, face a sometimes crippling deficit is in the aesthetics of uh, uh, presenting those things visually. So I, I wish I were better at that. Um, but it, it, the non-technical skill that has helped me most, I think, is, is the ability to uh, uh, develop an argument and, and to apply critical thinking to that argument, to identify a potential objections to it and to uh, address those objections um, or, and to, to deal with them. Uh, that's a, a kind of rambling answer. Uh, so that's another, another skill that uh, uh, could develop some work. But it, I, I guess part of it is, uh, you know, to, trying to reflect on, on the work that's being done and structure and organize it in a way that uh, uh, makes it legible and, and um, uh, comprehensible to people. Yeah. Can you maybe share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energized audience? No. I—I <laughs> 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 uh, um, I mean, I can only speak from uh, uh, my own experience, and that's going to be different for uh, uh, for everybody. Um, I guess one, uh, uh, one thing I could offer is, uh, follow your lights. Um, your, uh, your inclinations, your temperament, your, uh, your passion for things, your, your interest in things, your, your feelings about those things are really, really important guides to uh, uh, where 
some level of your, your mind, and perhaps below the conscious level, is pointing you. Um, don't struggle against the current. Uh, you know, pay attention to your reactions and your feelings and your, your, uh, your enthusiasm and your uh, a distaste for certain things. And I'm not saying uh, always go only after things that you're enthusiastic about. And I'm not saying always reject things that you uh, find uh, distasteful or, or uninteresting. Because uh, often you find that when you encounter something that doesn't look interesting on the surface of it, you find, wow, there's a lot more in it. I've certainly found that there uh, might be a lot more in it that is interesting. Yeah. Because uh, the world's an interesting place. Uh, but, uh, you know, pay attention to that. Uh, notice uh, which way your your feelings are, are guiding you. And uh, as I say, don't, don't just blindly follow them, but, but respond to them and evaluate them and, and weigh them. Your feelings are really important signals as to uh, uh, what's important to you. And uh, so it's important to pay attention to those. Um, and I'd, I'd like to, oh, I'd like, here's a piece of career advice I could offer, actually. But here's, here's a piece of advice that has really worked well for me. Okay. Which is, don't be afraid to contact people, irrespective of how famous they are, or how um, uh, uh, prestigious they are, or how much or, or how little you believe that, that uh they're going to be busy. Get in touch with people who matter to you, who are interesting to you, because it is uh, a compliment yes. to somebody to contact them, to, to get in touch with them and uh, to ask them for help, to ask them for advice. Uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I practically want to restart <laughs> the interview at this point and, Recognize, you know, because uh, re recognizing this stuff is always an exploratory yeah. process. Um, getting in touch with somebody who has a public profile is, uh, it's easy to believe, oh, well, I'd just be bugging them or I'm not important. No, you are important. Uh, that's how they got to be famous, by people uh, connecting with them by uh, uh, hearing from people who had interesting questions. One of the most valuable favors that anybody can do to me is to ask me a question. Uh, even if it doesn't seem like an interesting question, or even if it doesn't seem like an important question to the likes of me, um, it, every time I get uh, somebody asking me a question, it triggers reflection on my part. Uh, how can I uh, answer this well? How can I say this better? So, uh, contacting somebody who's got a, a public profile is actually a favor to them. Now, of course, sometimes it doesn't work out. Sometimes they're not very nice. <laughs> sometimes they'll blow you off. Sometimes they'll dismiss you. I try really hard not to do that um, because uh, uh, answering questions, responding to people really helps me to respond to other people. To, to learn more about what I do, what I, what I try to help people with. So, that's a, that's a big favor. Don't turn that down. Um, it, you know, don't uh, turn down the opportunity to connect with somebody. And over and over again, whenever I've done that, 
It's been enormously valuable to me. Um, or I never hear from again. Uh, so what have I lost? Nothing, right? You know, yep. they don't reply, big deal. But when they do reply, everybody benefits. So there, there's a bit of a, a career advice that uh, I, yep. I think might be worthy, which is get in touch with people and uh, uh, ask people for help. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Um, I love meeting people in person, and I'm going to be in uh, England twice, um, in the UK twice at uh -huh. least, and that's I think where the majority of your audience is. Is that right? Uh, actually, probably the states more than more than anywhere else. Oh well, okay. Well, I guess the best way to find out about that is to. Uh, go to my website, which is www.developsense.com and uh, have a look at uh, where we can actually meet in person, which is uh, down the right side, down the right column. Um, you can contact me via email, michael at developsense.com. Uh, you can interact with me on Twitter at Michael Bolton, which is uh, one place where you will unambiguously find me and not that singer guy. <laughs> um, Michael.a.bolton on Skype. Uh, please, uh, uh, everybody, uh, feel free to uh, contact me. Um, and um, uh, I love meeting people and talking to them at conferences and uh, in, uh, uh, in classes, after classes, if informally, formally in meetups. Uh, so uh, please, uh, everybody stay in touch. Michael, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks, Phil. Hi, Phil here again. As mentioned at the start of today's episode, I've got a final update for you about upcoming changes to the show. But before that, a quick thank you to Michael for sharing his advice and experience in today's episode. As usual, you can find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e81. My guest on next Monday's show is Kevin L. Jackson, founder and CEO of GovCloud Network. It's now just seven days until the IT Career Energizer podcast moves to its new schedule of three episodes per week and the official launch of the podcast Facebook group, which I'll be telling you more about in the next episode. You'll also see the introduction of a new design and branding for the podcast from next Monday. You can get a preview of this if you visit the IT Career Energizer website. There are more changes coming up, which you'll begin to see after the 100th episode. If you want to know and hear more about these, I'll be updating the new IT Career Energizer community on Facebook with the details. And in the next episode, I'll be making a limited time offer that you won't want to miss. Thanks for listening through to the end of today's episode. Until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.